I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Tuesday, December 27th. You're listening to the Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm Andrew Ivins, the Director of Scouting here at 24-7 Sports, joined by my good friend Steve Wiltfong, the Director of Recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Before we get started, remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to head over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. So Steve, the December National Signing Day is behind us. A good majority of the prospects came off the board and put pen to paper about a week ago. But there is still a ton to discuss as we now work our way towards the February signing period, which is just under two months away. Five-star prospects are still looking for homes. Teams are still looking to make splashes on the trail and much, much, much more. Steve, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Just trying to keep up with everything. I hope you <laughs> had a good holiday. And and uh, you know, I know you're going to be at the Under Armour All-America game here soon. Do you leave on Wednesday for that? I'm already up in Orlando. I'm scouting out the uh, the site, getting ready for a week of that. And then I know you're going to be in San Antonio, correct, for the All-American yeah, Bowl. Absolutely. You'll be holding it down in the Lone Star State. I don't know how many years I've been there now. And my first year covering that game was the Noel Divine year. So I don't know what year that was, but I've been to that many. You're dating yourself there a little bit with the, the Noel Divine. I mentioned it on, 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 the, on the intro, and I looked it up before we hit record on this. Out of our top 247, right? 236 of those prospects have signed. There might be a few more guys that have signed and have not been announced, but 95.5% of the blue chippers are off the board, but there's still some big names in play. And I think the biggest one out there is the one that created some drama on signing day, and that's Cormani McLean, nation's number one ranked corner, number nine overall prospect, longtime Miami commit. He does not sign with Miami or he has not been announced as a signee. That was, I think, one of the biggest storylines of signing day, Steve. And, 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 you know, as we've got a week away from this, just your overall thoughts on what is going on there and what could be next. Yeah, well, every year, every cycle, there's one or two recruitments that go like this that have all kinds of twists and turns and you can't really put your finger on it. And one college coach called this recruitment bizarre. You know, we'll see where it falls. Obviously, he's a coveted player for a number of reasons. And uh, I think he's still been good with Miami behind the scenes, communicative and good with them. Just, you know, one per one source said he just wants to wants to be sure with his decision and saying all the 
right things. But with that, man, we've we've seen a lot of saying of the right things turn into a different school at the end of the day. And you know, obviously, Colorado's a program that we marked early uh, that day as one that's been in communication. And so I know that they're trying to make a push for uh, Cormani as they try and finish up this 2023 cycle strong, which includes a hellacious run in the transfer portal as they try and quickly turn around a football team that was among the worst group five, P5, however you want to slice it. They stunk at football this past year and they're trying to fix that quickly. And that's why they brought Deion Sanders out there and he's trying to bring players in as fast as he can. You know, Alabama was able to win the Desmond Rick sweepstakes at the buzzer. You know, LSU was the leader coming into the end of that process, but you know, Alabama flipped the script there at the end and, and got Desmond Ricks in the fold, but they were a finalist for, for Cormani as they put the finishing touches on what is the number one class in the country. And then certainly, you know, Florida was another contender. Maybe some other schools emerge here for, for Cormani late, but I haven't heard anything yet that tells me he's not going to Miami, but certainly that door's not shut. No, you're right. And I think he made Under Armour All-America Week super interesting. We have check-in on Thursday. So depending on when you're listening to this, I think that's what, the 29th. Uh, stay tuned at 24-7 Sports because it's going to be, I mean, Cormani has not spoken uh, on record since he, he didn't sign. And it'll be interesting just to hear what he has to say. And I think with the Cormani recruitment, Steve, we need to point out he's only taken one official visit so far. That was to Miami back in June. So he has four visits that he could theoretically take in January once things open back up before that traditional national signing day. Now, do I mean, in the past, Cromani has been scheduled to visit places and he's never gotten on the plane. So he could end up visiting nowhere and, and he could follow through and, and sign with the Hurricanes. But you mentioned this recruitment has just been felt weird and, and, and bizarre from the jump. I mean, I go back to right there in October before Halloween when he announced on CBS Sports HQ to Miami. We all thought he was going to go to Florida. I mean, I said it all over our signing day show. You know, when he initially put on that Miami hat, I thought he was joking and we had to make him redo it for the camera. So one to certainly follow, but he's not the only big fish still in play out there. Uh, let's let's pivot to the next guy and a household name of sorts and one that scouts love to drool about. That's Nicholas Harbor, our number one ranked athlete out of the D.C. area. I thought there was a chance he might low-key sign during that signing period, but he's still on the board. Harbor, he could be a tight end. He could be a pass rusher at the next level. He could run in the Olympics. Uh, he's that special of an athlete, six foot five, 225 pounds. Steve, I, do you even have a crystal ball in on him right now? I think it's still in South Carolina, or is that, or is that someone else? I do not have a forecast for Nicholas Harbor, who could then, when he's all done being an athlete, could be your orthopedic surgeon. He's in complete command of everything at this point in his life. And it's the reason why he's so sought after by so many schools. You know, he's obviously got uh, elite athleticism. He's he's uh, shown dominant flashes on both sides of the ball on, on the high school tape. And then again, he's a grade A student. So I, I think with, with, with his process and you saying that we thought maybe he could sign early, that's only because us in the recruiting media try to make sure that like we are prepared for anything on that day. And so that was one where we were like, well, could we could that be something that sneaks up on us 
the Harbor family. And I was with you. I was like, I made calls. I called the Harbor family. I called college contacts just to be sure that that was one that we did not have to worry about on Wednesday. And uh, um, so, but the Harbor family, they've been consistent in taking this to February. I think that the schools that have gotten official visits from him already are the ones that are in best position. He's been a regular at Maryland as of late. You know, he went to a basketball game. I think he's been to a couple basketball games now. Those were his first ever Maryland basketball games. His official visit included meeting time with the school president, athletic director, and one of the best orthopedic surgeons in the state. His parents have master's degrees from Maryland. I mean, his dad works for NASA. His dad's literally a rocket scientist, you know, that played professional soccer as well, including for the U.S. national team. So this is a this is a family of alphas. They have graduate degrees. They're really good at sports. I think that Michigan really made an impression on Harbor or, or continued to make a big impression on Harbor with his official visit during the season, the atmosphere at the big house, being around that coaching staff. You know, there was a time early on in his process where people were recruiting him as a defensive player. That's not going to be the case because he wants to run track in college and, and, and being a defensive player and the weight you have to gain and stuff doesn't go hand in hand with running the sprint. So he's going to play offense while Michigan's, uh, you know, Coach Newsom and Coach Bellamy already had a relationship with him prior to that. So that was kind of a seamless transition for Michigan there. Um, but Michigan has everything that they're looking for from a prestige standpoint academically. It's a place that the young man fits in very well with the way he's built and wired. So I think Michigan is in tremendous position for Nicholas Harbor. I think his parents are good with it. I think he likes it. So that's one school to mark. Maryland picking up momentum as the process has gone on. I think they're doing all the things from an infrastructure standpoint to be a player in that one. He's been there several times and and, and Maryland's gotten better each year under Coach Loxley. So that's exciting as well. And the parents' connection to the school, proximity at home, plenty of fit going in favor for Maryland. I don't think there's a recruiting class that he's closer with right now than the guys at South Carolina. He's in the group chat and everything with them, talks to those those guys regularly. I think he's formed some great relationships with his peers in the 2023 class. South Carolina sitting at number 16 in the 24-7 sports recruiting standings. Their coaching staff has done a good job recruiting a new OC at South Carolina. I think that's an exciting thing as well uh, for the Gamecocks. He went to the Georgia game there, saw an SEC atmosphere, been there a few times. It was one of the first schools he's visited. So they've been in it. They've been in this marathon for a while. I don't know who's going to emerge in January, uh, Drew, because I don't think Georgia's a contender. Georgia's all in on getting Deuce Robinson and Walker Lyons, who's going to then take a mission. Georgia could add a couple more tight ends to what's already has Lawson Lucky and Pierce Sperlin in the fold at the position. So I don't see Georgia being a contender. They viewed him as a defensive player. And then LSU, I mean, they flipped Pimpleton there at the end from Vanderbilt. You know, they got several tight ends in the fold. And I just don't see, I just don't see that having as much leg legs as it did early on in the process with his great relationship with Jamar Kane. So we'll see what happens in January, but he's going to be able to see what coaches maybe change, what assistant coaches move around and, and make a sound decision. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky 
co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Just like with Cormani McLean, Nicholas Harbour, I think he's got two official visits to use there in January. There is a twist in that whole thing. He's going to be playing in the Polynesian Bowl, which is out in Hawaii. And I'll toss in here, hey, I I like Maryland as well. I I think Shane Beamer in South Carolina, they have been a force on the recruiting trail, kind of maybe not in the mainstream, but to the guys like me and you who who know what the class they've assembled, they've done a good job. And I'll just toss in this, you know, Miami, there was a time they were involved in this. And, and with that official visit to use, when you're in BPA mode, best player available, you can go big fish hunting. So maybe another school does enter with Nicholas Harbor. And and you mentioned him playing offense over defense. You know, the, the player comparison on our profile is, is Vernon Davis was a heck of a, a pass catching tight end. So one to follow again, another guy that's from the same area, if I remember correctly too. You're, you're right. So he's another guy that's at the, at the Under Armour game. One that all eyes will be on Thursday when he shows up in Orlando. Same with this other guy, other remaining unsigned five-star. And, and you already mentioned his name, Deuce Robinson, our number one ranked tight end, another exceptional two-sport athlete, Under Armour All-American in both football and baseball, drawing some Aaron Judge comps from the Arizona area. Steve, his recruitment seems like it could go in a variety of different directions because there's been about five or six schools consistently linked to Deuce. Well, this is a young man that wants to play both football and baseball professionally, not in college, professionally. And he's pretty much guaranteed to be a draft pick in baseball. So that's already taken care of. Um, And then from there, he'll have to fight his way up through the farm system like everybody else. So player development is a major, major, major talking point for him in his football decision. And so Georgia and their track record with the way that they've developed developed that room under Todd Hartley and this coaching staff has put them in a very exciting position. He also has a great Todd Hartley, in addition to being a hell of a tight ends coach, is also just a hell of a guy and has built a great relationship with, with Deuce. Texas is a program that's very much on the rise with Deuce Robinson. He fits in in Austin, has built a really good relationship with guys in that class, including Arch Manning, and likes the offense under Sarkeesian and company. And any source you talk to about Deuce Robinson right now says says Texas has a very legitimate chance to win that recruitment. USC is faded in that process. Can they rally? I don't know the answer to that, Drew, but there's still a hat on the table. Oregon could get that last official visit. Our, our, Our colleague Blair Angulo reported that. I think he's had some some good dialogue and a good visit to, to Eugene in the past. So uh, I like Georgia for Deuce right now purely because I think his ambition is to be a pro sport athlete in both. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, I, I think you brought it up with, with, with Todd Hartley and what he has done. And I think if you're a recruit and a prospect, you got to look at that room and he's used different different pieces of all different sizes and skill sets and, and figured out a formula there. And uh, Todd Hartley, his son is, is young and plays travel baseball. So I'm sure Todd Hartley knows exactly what but- buttons to push with Deuce Robinson in, in terms of that. And again, he's one that has official visits to use. So that's going to be important to track in, in January. Steve, no more five stars 
unsigned on the board, but there are some other blue chippers out there, some guys that are going to announce at the All-American Bowl, some guys that are going to announce at the Under Armour All-America game. Uh, one guy, Roderick Pleasant, he took a late visit to UCLA, ended up not signing. What's the latest you're hearing on Pleasant, who's one of the fastest prospects, if not the fastest prospect in the class of, of 2023? Yeah, and Greg Biggins, our colleague,'s been on top of that recruitment, and he's always kind of been planning on announcing his college decision in February. Oregon is certainly in the middle of that recruitment. When you talk about a program that's left that could have some post-early signing period fireworks, the Ducks, who had as many as anyone uh, on the actual early signing period, uh, good and bad, a lot more good than bad, but you know, is, is Oregon, and they're in the middle of it for a lot of these, a lot of these elite guys down the stretch. Um, but UCLA's in there, you know, you. USC's gotten him to campus a few times, so we'll see what happens uh, with his process. I know Penn State's tried to swing on him for for quite a while as, as well, but uh, Roderick Pleasant is going to be one of the uh, more mainstream recruiting names here at the end of the cycle. Two guys from from Texas, but two-way players, Jelani McDonald, who's a member of my my freaks list, former Oklahoma State commit, and then you got Mikael Harrison Pilot, who Steve, I know you're a big fan of. Both those guys coming off the board at the All American Bowl in San Antonio, they'll announce on NBC. What's the latest there with those two? Well, Jelani McDonald took his last official visit to Texas this past weekend, and it sounds like yeah, you know, I talked to him, and I know he had a great time and loves the where the arrow is on Texas's program, especially with another top five recruiting class that's on the way. I do think coming into that visit, you know, I talked to a source that said that they thought Oklahoma State was still in the driver's seat, which would have made my crystal ball prediction inaccurate at the time because I'm riding with the burnt orange. He also took a late visit to TCU and there was a source that was like, look, TCU, they're developing their players and and, and put this team in the college football playoff over other more prestigious logos. So why would I go there? So there's all kinds of like mixed things going on behind the scenes with Jelani McDonough. We're going to know what he's doing soon. And then a Harrison Pilot, I think he's going to end up at TCU. So Texas and TCU are programs that are poised for for big potential finishes uh, on the trail right now. TCU, they have the number 18 class in the country right now. Andrew, first time in the top 25 in a couple cycles and and rightfully so. And I think that Harrison Pilot uh, is is leaning TCU after several visits to campus there. You know, Quentin Johnson's from the same high school Harrison Pilot. So to see to see the development of, of someone that he knows so well at the position, I think is, has been big in this recruitment and just that relationship with Malcolm Kelly and what he's done there with Quentin has really resonated with Harrison Pilot. Real quickly, other guys announcing at the All-American Bowl, Caden Jones, a traitsy offensive tackle out of the New Orleans area, area, excuse me, Tyler Scott, defensive back out of Atlanta. And then at the Under Armour game, you have Ashton Porter, four-star defensive lineman, I, I believe Oregon. Love Oregon there. Yeah. yeah. Love Oregon there. Love, uh, love Auburn for Scott. Florida was well positioned for Caden Jones going into that official visit to Texas A&M, but haven't heard anything uh, as of right now to make me think it's not Florida, but not going to lie, Drew, haven't been digging that hard the last few days, brother. I know, I know. Uh, and then three more coming off the board at the Under Armour game. Cam Lindhart, uh, former Nebraska commit, took a late visit to Maryland. It seems like those two schools are involved with him. Andrew and Michael Harris, twin linebackers. Uh, they can run originally from Jamaica. They're on the board. And then Ethan Nation, a, a, a corner 
out of Georgia. They're all on the board. Anything there, Steve, with those guys? Yeah, and you know the Harris twins better than me. Uh, I would just say all four look big, big Ten bound. I think you agree with that. Two to Nebraska, two to the Terps with the twins going to the Terps. I agree. I agree. And then as as we, as we finish this up, just any teams you are keeping your eye on here over the next few weeks heading into that February signing period? I know you've mentioned Colorado with Coach Prime. We, we talked about USC. They have some names in play. Georgia. You know, I'll, I'll point out Texas right now. They already have their best class ever in 24-7 sports history, but still meat left on the bone. Jelani McDonald, Deuce Robinson, any school you are zeroed in on or, or want to see what happens with? Well, Colorado certainly still digging as we talked about. And then we just kind of, as we talked through these names, you know, we mentioned Oregon as a program that could be on the rise. And, and, and as you just said, Texas. So we'll just kind of end this, let's just end this episode with a little Nebraska love because they could add Lenhart and Nation to a class that's got 21 commits right now. And they are right outside the top 25, Drew. I mean, Nebraska's at number 28. They were my sleeper Big Ten class on the early signing period show, but I didn't like my answer. So I'm about to give myself a little bit of a redo. But obviously, Nebraska goes out and signs maybe the fastest receiver room in the country, right? They have Malachi Coleman and his 10-4 speed, and they also go out and get uh, Bryce Turner. Yep, right. And then Jalen Lloyd, who's another 10-4 guy. So there's going to be absolutely no shortage of speed for them. I also like the Jaden Doss kid that they had uh, committed when when they got there, but they flip a six foot five, two hundred eighty five pound defensive lineman, Vincent Carroll Jackson from Syracuse. This linebacker Eric Fields. Have you turned on his film? I passed him along to Gabe Brooks. I didn't know who Eric Fields was two weeks ago, bro. Uh, but I turned on his film, and it's like no no kidding. Nebraska's recruiting him. I mean, he is six foot one, one hundred ninety five pounds with short area quickness off the chart change of direction ability, tackles in space, thumps. I think he is one of the more exciting under the radar gets in the conference. And then Quentin Ives is a six foot three, 180 pound touchdown scoring machine for Pymira in, in Jersey. Coach Barthel had a pre-existing relationship with him at UConn. Um, he's a guy that uh, one college source com- uh, compared to James Starks, the former running back for the Packers who had a lot of success, one of those bigger backs. They had a plan, man. Matt Rule and company, they got into Lincoln and they already had some gems like right there. Guys that have athletic profiles, but good football players guys that produce, guys that make things happen, you know, not just, oh, they're raw, and if we mold them into, like, hell, these guys are already good football players with athletic traits that are coming into Nebraska with good film and good athleticism. So Nebraska, they could add two more players to that uh, here at the Under Armour All-America game, and then they have a whole new cycle here now to kind of catch up to everybody in 2024. And they're supplementing with that that transfer portal. Jeff Sims comes in, two defenders from Florida, mm-hmm. Chief Borders, Corey Collier. It'll be interesting to see what they're able to do there at Nebraska. Uh, Steve, anything else? Again, you're going to be in San Antonio. I'm going to be in Orlando for for different all-star games. And like you said, I I think you're going to start working that phone a little bit more here in the coming days. You've been enjoying some some time off, which was well-deserved. Drew, I'm just excited to see what Cormani says at Under Armour check-in. And then if you guys can get a feel for Nicholas Harbor's recruitment in person, because sometimes the pulse changes just because the day changes. Changes. I mean, right. the last conversation or who you're talking to. And then look, these kids are growing up fast too. And their interests change so quickly. I don't think people understand that. But um, I would not sleep on Michigan with Nicholas Harbor, though. I'm not saying that's where he's going. I'm just saying like they're way in that one. 
alongside Maryland and South Carolina for sure. Well, there you have it. Steve Wiltfong, Director of Recruiting at 24-7 Sports. I'm Andrew Ivins, Director of Scouting. One quick reminder, be sure, remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and head over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. That is your home for college commitments. Until next time, guys, we'll talk to you later. the hedgehog a new hero arrives i am ready is there anyone stronger no tougher no funnier i do not make jokes i make warriors knuckles now streaming only on paramount plus yes